And so when Evan invented this flooring system, I saw a real opportunity to, it's almost like I had a vision of what someone should do with it, right? It was almost like I thought to myself, they should make a flooring company and they should make floors here in America and they should make high quality floors and they should be innovative and exciting and beautiful and local. And I was like, somebody should do that. And then I thought, who can I get to do that? Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, I know what happened. How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he and what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins. Oh yeah, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Small Business Origins. You're joining me on our nationwide search to find entrepreneurs from across the country that have a story to tell. And joining me virtually in the studio today, I have Britta with Stellar Flooring. She is from Tyrone, Pennsylvania. Britta, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me, John. It is our pleasure as always and as usual. I'm so excited to jump into this because, you know, like we were talking about pre-show, I've got some history in the flooring industry, so I may or may not be nerding out a little bit on this one. Our listeners may think at first that they're going to be bored during this episode, but I'm going to tell you right now, you're not. Britta's personality is amazing. I know she's going to have some cool stories to share, and uh, what you're doing is kind of revolutionary to the flooring industry, and I know has brought you some you know, TikTok and YouTube fame with some viral videos, so I can't wait to unpack all of that, but... We always start out our show with an icebreaker question. Today's icebreaker question is, would you rather live forever and have a boring life or live a very short life, but have an amazing life? Oh, I'm definitely fruit fly. I I love the idea of live without regrets, live fast and, and appreciate every day. I live by the motto that every day I get out of bed and I choose this life. (laughs) So I don't get much to complain about because I like to live that way. Just think more about the gratitude side. It helps keep me positive. Yeah, I really, really connect with that like quite a bit. But I was talking to someone that I work with here in the office prior to asking this icebreaker question on the show. And I was like, my answer is probably something that a lot of people wouldn't choose. And it's to go with the longer life option and it'd be boring. It's so like away from what I normally do too, because I am that type of person. Like I I know it's outdated, but YOLO is my motto. It's like, you only get to live once. So make this life worth it. Do the things like answer the phone, even though it says spam, you know, and just have fun with it, like (laughs) figure it out and just, just live by the seat of your pants. But I don't know, I guess it's when I became a parent and I just kind of had this realization of like one of my biggest fears is leaving my child or my children early. And so it's like, I want to live to see what they become. And then beyond that, man, all the things that change in the world, it's like, it's almost like that fear of missing out. I don't want to miss out on, you know, what's to come. So I wouldn't say that it's an easy answer because I don't want to live forever that I know. (laughs) Um, But I would love to have a long life. So I would have to kind of go with that one for now. But I think, you know, if I could, if I could modify it, and say, I want to live a long life, just not forever, for sure. Yeah. 
Well, I will say, you know, one of the things that motivated me for a long time and still does is sustainability. And I think one of the things for me is I always feel like we're in a race against time. So that also motivates me to kind of pack a lot of things in that it's not steady Eddie for me today. I'm living in the throes of entrepreneurship in a race against time, right? (laughs) Now that's like my theme song is I'm in a hurry to get things done. I am always trying to move as fast as I can on things. And sometimes I have to remind myself it's important to slow down, smell the roses, enjoy what's around you. Because I know when I get in those deep TikTok, uh, like just endless scrolling on TikTok, Eventually, I come across that one and it's like the dad with his kid and he picks the kid up and then he sets the kid down and the kid's grown. And it's like one time you picked up your child for the last time and you didn't know it. And I'm like, oh, Oh, my God, you're right. I should read that (laughs) book. I should take the extra time. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's hard, man. Sometimes when you get kicked in the face with reality and you're like, wow, I really wish I would have enjoyed where I was a little bit slower. And I think that's what kind of you know, makes my answer what it is. It's like, I just want to enjoy everything and I don't want to miss out on anything. So. Yeah. One time I talked to my dad and we were in the middle of just stress with small business stress, you know, it it could be anything. And I don't even remember what it was, which I guess, you know, sort of signifies it's not always that big of a deal, even though it feels like it is at the time. And I told him, I was like, Oh, we were so busy or overwhelmed or whatever. And I was complaining, definitely complaining. And he said, you're doing it. He said, you're doing it. People would give an arm to be going through the problems that you're going through today. And and that really stopped me cold in my tracks. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I should be grateful for my good problems to have, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, it was... Uh, A year ago when we moved into our office here and built this studio and everything, and we just had money flying out the window, building all this stuff up. And we were sitting around looking at each other going, all right, how are we going to drum up sales? Like we're so slow that we have so much time for all these extra projects. We got to get some sales in and then enter Q3, Q4 of 2022. And we were having a totally opposite conversation of, man, all of our passion projects are on the sideline and we're so busy. We can barely keep up with the work that we have you know, and then we still need to get more business. So how are we going to juggle all of these things? And it was like, you know what, let's just sit back for a second and enjoy the fact that that's the conversation we're having. And we're not having the same one we had a year ago of how are we going to get more sales? So you're right. You got to embrace the busy and just know that at least it's a good problem to have. I'd rather, I always tell people I'd rather be too busy and trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my time than be bored and broke. Yeah. I need to get good problem to have on a t-shirt. If you're looking to travel to more places than traditional commercial airlines can offer while experiencing the luxury, convenience, and comfort only a private aircraft can bring, you need to book with my friends at Haven Arrow. They offer the easiest way to enjoy the extensive benefits of private air travel because you can access a wide variety of aircraft types and take advantage of far more destination options for direct flights into airports closer to your destination and on your schedule. Plus, you'll receive thoughtful personal attention to your comfort and lifestyle requests like getting to skip the lines and restrictive schedules of airline travel and enjoy all of the convenience and luxury of a private aircraft experience while saving time. Their aircraft are maintained to the highest standards, ensuring safe and reliable flights. Haven Aero takes the stress out of travel and allows you to arrive in style. If you're in the market, Haven Aero is there to support you when it comes time to buy or sell your aircraft. Buying or selling an aircraft can be a daunting task for any owner, and Haven Aero takes the guesswork out 
and provides maximum value for you. Their analytical approach to aircraft brokerage will leave you confident that your asset value is being maximized with minimal effort and minimal stress to the owner. Haven Arrow's team has extensive maintenance and operational experience, and they know how to avoid the extensive list of potential issues that arise during an aircraft sale or acquisition. Don't miss out on the benefits of flying private, whether it's through a private charter flight, aircraft ownership, or aircraft management. Make sure to mention you heard all about them from John the Marketer on the Small Business Origins podcast and visit havenarrow.com to learn more and book your flight today. That's www.havenarrow.com, H-A-V-E-N-A-E-R-O.com. But Britta, we're here to talk about you. So let's just start with your personal story and where you came from and how you got into entrepreneurship. Yeah, absolutely. When I was a teenager, I fell in love with nature. And so I had my heart set on being a scientist and spending my life outside studying bugs and plants and nature. So I followed that passion all the way to a PhD program in ecology. So I actually studied how seeds float on the wind. And today I manufacture hardwood floors. (laughs) Yeah, it almost seems opposite minus the sustainability stuff we're going to start talking about, I'm sure. Yeah. So, you know, I never imagined I would start a hardwood flooring manufacturing company. So it was a millennial hard left turn. When I quit my job, it was a shock to everyone. So I made it all the way to being a professor in a biology department. And I was teaching hundreds of students intro bio every semester. And in the meantime, my husband had been apprenticing with his father who had a long history in wood products. So, you know, you mentioned flooring, craftsmanship, and investment in construction, very, in my mind, what were romantic ideas, you know, I, I love the idea of working with my hands, it just was a different format. And so when Evan invented this flooring system, I saw a real opportunity to it's almost like I had a vision of what someone should do with it. Right. It was almost like I thought to myself, somebody should do, they should make a flooring company and they should make floors here in America and they should make high quality floors and they should be innovative and exciting and beautiful and local. And I was like, somebody should do that. And then I thought, who can I get to do that? (laughs) And the answer was, pretty much only me. And so (laughs) I had a really, um, it was a hard fork in the road. I had a choice between, you know, sort of the vision Evan and I could do is like a kind of like you, like a a professor's job is like, just like we were talking about, like a long, boring life (laughs) or dump what I invested 10, 15 years of my life in and go for this dream that I hoped would become a reality. And so, um, yeah, in, in 2017, I quit my job, or 2019, I guess, is when I, I, 2017 is when I started thinking about it. And then we started our flooring company just in 2018, 2019, and we've been manufacturing floors here in Pennsylvania, shipping flooring nationwide, doing the innovative flooring thing. And it's been a huge investment in equipment and people and training, and it's been a huge adventure. So I don't, I don't regret a minute of it, but it definitely has been a wild ride. <laughs> it's amazing too. This is something I've talked about on my episodes previous, 
how almost every entrepreneur has this story of a pivotal moment where they just out of nowhere went a totally different direction. You know, whether it was necessity, something just came along and said, no, you're going to have to figure it out. And it was like, okay, well, I'm just going to figure it out. And, you know, I'm on such a different pathway of being in a full-time profession that I love, that's not boring. And that often ends in a shorter life for the person that's doing it. And I'm trying to transition into, you know, cause I am an entrepreneur, but it's like everything that I'm doing is in addition to everything else I already have stacked on my plate. And I'm trying to transition into that full-time entrepreneur that that is all that I do. And yeah. uh, it's such a different pathway than most of the entrepreneurs I talk about where it was like sink or swim. Yeah. If you want to do this, then you're going to have to do it plain and simple. Yep. Yeah. Or if you want to see it come alive, we never, when Evan designed the flooring system and we realized that you could suction cup up a plank out of the middle of the floor, no nails, no glue. You could move a plank from under the couch to out in the middle of the room and put the damaged plank from the middle of the room over under the couch. We just saw that this was a really cool product. And we thought, well, we could license this, you know, we could have somebody else manufacture it, like who else could do this? And then we saw how that would end up. And we knew that, you know, it would be low quality, it wouldn't be made in America, because most flooring isn't. Today, there are some rare organizations, obviously, that we love who do make flooring in America. And so, you know, when we thought to ourselves, well, even if we contracted it, how could we trust somebody to pay somebody living wages? You know, how can we trust somebody to make a high quality product and not cut corners? Because we really wanted to do a good job and we wanted to build something worth having. (laughs) We don't want to make products. We weren't going to quit our day jobs to make a product that wasn't worth buying. But how could we trust other people to make something that we loved come to fruition? And so it really became an urgency that like we had to do it ourselves. Like neither of us had really ever made anything industrially, right? We never manufactured things. Um, We got lucky because it turned out Evan's kind of a wrench. So he knows how to work on equipment and tune things up and, you know, make sure all the bearings are taken care of and all the belts are working properly And so, you know, so we definitely had to work together and we linked arms and just did it. And even today, some people are like, I don't know how two married people can work in such close quarters. (laughs) You know, I'll tell you the craziest part about, you know, our connection on this today is that my dad, who passed away when I was 16, he owned a flooring agency. So it was K&S Flooring Services. And it was uh, my sister and I often debate because her name is Shauna. And so we always debate on if it was Kelly and Sons flooring or if it was Kelly and Shauna flooring. But uh-huh. I'm going with Kelly and Sons because that's what dad told me. You know, and his tagline was, if your floor is unbecoming to you, then you should be coming to us. And uh, every type awesome. of <laughs> he, was, he was a marketer. Huh? He, he was a weird one, man. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. He did any type of flooring. So I got to kind of be exposed to the flooring world of course, at a very young age. So it's not like I know everything about it, but I know exactly what you're talking about, about these materials being manufactured elsewhere, 
brought into the States, distributed to someone on a wholesale level who is then selling to the customer. And then oftentimes mixing that with an installer that they have or a pool of installers, you know, like I'm familiar with this whole process. And one big thing about wood floors is as someone who had to take up these wood floors and ceramic tile floors and carpet floors as a kid, there's a lot of really crappy ways to install floors that make maintenance and demolition extremely difficult. You know, whether it was parquet flooring that each little single one inch by four inch board was glued so tightly to the floor that you had to take a scraper to it and just spend all of those hours trying to pull this floor up and then get the glue off. Or, you know, like you said, just the basic maintenance and upkeep of like a, a solid hardwood floor where you got to go in and strip all that top layer off and then redo that whole, you know, sealant that's on top of there and everything else. Or God forbid you get a chip in one of those boards and now you got to pull up floor and reinstall all the way to where that chip is. Or even with the innovative, you know, click lock stuff and everything else that kind of came out in the late 90s, 2000s. It's hard to have to still rip up flooring to a certain point and then put that same flooring back down. So I love this idea of just being able to suction cup a piece of flooring and, and bring it somewhere else. Now, y'all are the actual manufacturers, so you're making it. Are you just sale, selling to your wholesale distributors then? Not at all. We okay. are totally shaking the Etch-A-Sketch on flooring, man. <laughs> Because the way I said it is the typical way, is it not? Yeah, like that is normally is. how it goes is you're paying a guy who's paying someone who's paying someone who's paying someone and then passing all those costs down to the customer. Yep. And so instead what we're doing, instead of making low quality materials manufactured abroad in low wage conditions, instead we're making really high quality furniture grade floors with precision tolerances and we're making them paying people living wages in our small blue collar town in Pennsylvania. Uh, we have a regional supply chain. We're not buying wood from abroad. We're, bu we're buying it from, you know, the hills up behind us in the north, right? We feel really passionately about investing in our community. And our community includes flooring installers, you know, like your dad. People who are, you know, hardworking, dedicated to doing a great job. The pressures of the flooring industry today are so intense, just labor costs and issues coming up. I actually had a guy call our main 1-800 number and I picked up and he started yelling at me. He had just discovered our floors, <laughs> screaming. I had to hold the phone like six inches from my ear. And he goes, are you telling me that I can install more floors faster and with less dust and fewer problems, and if one of my guys has a nail stuck in his knee pad, I can just replace a couple of those planks rather than tearing up the whole floor. Or if an ice maker leaks, I can just replace a few planks instead of having to refinish the whole floor in place. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but why are you yelling? <laughs> Shh, it's <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> So, you know, I think we knew our product had so much promise to help so many people, all the way from foresters who are getting really pushed down to the lowest possible price for, you know, lumber as a commodity, to people who are making things here in the U.S., to people who are installing them. You know, we really hope that these high quality 
valuable floors that you can even pull up and move. You can take them with you. You could resell them. You know, we've actually put one of our floors on eBay just to see what would happen. (laughs) And, you know, so it's great because it's real. You'll know this. This is real three quarter inch solid hardwood. So it's built to last for over a hundred years. And if your style changes and you want to trade it in, call me, (laughs) you know, we could refinish that board and redeploy it somewhere else because it still has value instead of just putting it in the trash. And those are also value adds for the contractor on site who could perform a different service, which is not backbreaking, which is not going to hurt your knees and hips. You know, it's really... I think it's a new wave that fits in with a much more circular economy and a more sustainable building products enterprise where I think the whole construction industry is headed. So I'm really excited to see what, you know, what kind of spaces we can get into and how many projects we can get working with people who are forward thinking. Yeah. So you're selling direct to consumer, direct to installer, totally different, like you said, than the regular flooring industry that's selling to all these gatekeepers. And so on first thought, my head goes to made in America, and this isn't a bad thing, but made in America typically means more expensive. So how do you kind of, you know, relate to other pricing? You know, are y'all way more expensive, a little more expensive, same price, or maybe even saving money? Yeah, it's a great question. Basically, are we priced the same as Lowe's? Definitely not. We're roughly double the price of Lowe's. But that's because what you get on the shelf at Lowe's is basically painted. You know? yep. Yeah, laminate um, t- style stuff, not real hardwood. Yeah. I mean, even the real hardwood, I think, is something like $7 a square foot today. We started about $10 a square foot. And so it is a much higher quality material. You know, you know you're, make, you're getting it made in America. If you were to go to a hardwood flooring manufacturer in your neighborhood and ask for a pre-finished product you would often have sort of direct pricing comparisons. You know, our flooring is not going to cost a whole lot more than high quality materials coming from a real American-based manufacturer down the street in your neighborhood. Yeah. So here's the thing, though. When I go to Lowe's and buy that cheap laminate and it's, you know, the click lock install that you just have to kind of, there are certain things you need to know about the flooring industry, right? We see the TikTok videos all day where they lay those planks side by side, lined up perfectly. And it's like, wow, you're not going to last a month with that floor the way you installed it. How easy is your product for a DIYer? Yeah, it's so great because most of our clients are DIYers. So we've had a Grammy-nominated violist install her floor. We've had um, accountants who call us and say, my son installed a room himself and he's a teenager. It's so cool. You know, we actually made it big early on. We were founded a trade show by a popular contractor called Matt Reisinger on The Build Show. And his video got millions of views because it was so obvious that it was so easy to install, you know, without nails or glue, it's crazy. You get, you get to mess it up a little, you know, you get to practice and you don't ruin pieces by slamming nails into it and accidentally splintering the tongue off. You know what I mean? So, um, and if you don't leave the right expansion gap, right, we don't have an expansion gap. All the planks are perfectly straight within thousands of an inch. So they make themselves straight. (laughs) And so, you know, and it's all built to support the properties of the wood. So you were just talking about expansion gaps. 
you know, as the floor expands and contracts due to humidity, the whole floor system absorbs that change versus having gaps appear and disappear between the planks. And so that's, you know, those are real advantages that I would say really draw on our heritage, draw on a culture of craftsmanship and experience that our family has in wood products. And so, you know, I think I'm so hopeful that as the circular economy moves forward and more sustainable stuff happens, that there's more investment in craftsmanship, more investment in wood products and sustainable wood products. I'm trying to start like a crew of people who are starting manufacturing companies and wood products because we need more chairs made in America. We need more tables. We need more trim and doors made in America, right? And we have the resource all around us. It just needs to be managed sustainably. And then we can grow more doors and floors and walls. You know what I mean? It's so exciting to me. Yeah. And, and the reason I ask that is because when you start thinking about pricing, people don't often realize when they go to the big box stores and they tell them, hey, you know, our floors start at whatever price per square foot. They're not telling you the hidden fees. They're not telling you the install fees. They're not telling you the extra supplies because you need to level your floor or buy the padding that goes along with that to make sure that, you know, you don't have the loudest banging wood floors in all of America. And I think that there's some some cost savings, if you will, by being able to watch a YouTube video and learn how to install something yourself. And then all you have to do is kind of the same thing we did here at our beefy marketing studios. You know, this solid wood desk that I'm talking to you from right now was all built. Like you said, right here in America, I had a really good friend who knows how to use tools. So all you have to do is save yourself. I don't even know what wood floor installers are charging today. I know back in the day it was at least five, $6 a square foot. So it's gotta be, you know, somewhere around there or seven, $8 a square foot by now. And it's like, as expensive as these things are, if you can do it yourself, you can save yourself so much money that that extra cost that you're spending really goes towards something great and saves you some money because now you're, like you said, buying made in America and you're supporting a smaller shop. That's not a worldwide distributor to all these large big box stores And then at the same time, you're saving yourself money by doing it yourself. And so just invite that friend over and get some beer and pizza. And then y'all install the floor together. Uh, It's something we've done in my house. It works. There are people out there willing to help you. And if they're not, they're not good friends. So find some friends. But I love this idea. You know, if you get something unique and something different, you know, if you get that desk made by a craftsperson in your community, you know, the story that's behind it, the time and effort that somebody put into it, you know, the story values, you know, as, as a biologist, it values the time the tree spent making that wood, right? So instead of buying something from Ikea and planning to throw it away, you know, if you can, obviously only if you financially have the means, getting something that's unique and different is so special. And I, you know, when I, was first learning about business, I read an article that said the worst decision that Apple ever made was when they made, I do remember the nanos, the little nanos. Absolutely. At one point, apparently they lost their way, right? So they made everything in black and white. And then they had like, they made it smaller and smaller. So you had an iPod that went to a nano And then all of a sudden they had 10 colors. They decided that like 
everybody needed a different color and there was green and there was pink and there was blue and like a silver stainless steel one. And they said that was the worst mistake at the time that iPod and Apple had ever made because they made equal amounts of every single one and nobody wanted the green ones. Oh, I had not (laughs) heard this. And so like they, they ended up with like a bunch of things that didn't sell because they were all this weird lime green color compared to everything that was white. And on some level, like I remember at the time thinking, oh, that's great advice, right? As a manufacturer, you just want to make one of everything. And it's like, but on the other hand, isn't it so sad that we only ever get one option to express ourselves? <laughs> like when we're purchasing things with money we've earned, right? You get one option and we all look the same and we all dress the same and we all have the same shoes because manufacturing has gotten to a point where it needs to be cheap. It needs to be easy. Well, we're working against that, right? We're, we're trying to create flooring that's beautiful, that showcases the natural grain of the floor, you know, so that your floor looks like no one else's. It's not inkjet printed, right? Yeah. Now, one of the most heartbreaking things for me is what I am watching these DIY you know, HGTV shows and they're rebuilding these homes and it's like, oh yeah, we've got this 70, 80, 90 year old home and it has this wood floor underneath it. We're going to rip all of that up and replace it with this. I'm like, why? When, like you said, when you're buying a product like this, yes, it's more expensive, but it does last much longer for a reason. And that is because all you have to do is strip it, sand it, refinish it. And it looks like a brand new floor. So I'm like, why, why would you waste all of that beautiful flooring? And I know most of the time, especially going towards that more sustainability factor of, you know, they're taking this floor up carefully and then they are installing it somewhere else so that, you know, they can get that or reinstalling it in the house elsewhere, that kind of thing. Now getting to more of the, the nitty gritty of your product specifically. So is it just like other hardwood or laminate flooring where you're putting a pad under there to, you know, make it quieter or is it going to be just kind of installed the way it comes? Yeah, we, it all depends on your situation. So uh, one of the things that's unique about our floors is you can lay them over concrete slab. So as you know, when you slam a nail into a nailed down hardwood floor, if it's a concrete slab, that's a pretty bad idea. (laughs) So, you know, instead of nailing or gluing it down, you can float our floor over concrete slab. And if your concrete slab is not insulated or moisture protected in any way, you'll want to protect your floor from, you know, the moisture that wicks up the concrete slab using a moisture barrier but it's not necessarily a padded moisture barrier. If on the other hand, you're in a condominium or on the second floor of an apartment building and you want to put down a sound barrier just to increase the the noise resistance, that's definitely something that you can do. It's just different cases, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Uh, It's nice to hear, you know, you have options when it comes to that kind of thing, as far as what you truly want. So When you sell direct to consumer, is this something where you're shipping nationwide? How does the shipping aspect work? That's right. So the thing that's different about us too is because we want your floor to be completely interchangeable, like for a plank that let's say you have, I I call them misanthropic pets. If you have a pet that's (laughs) mad at you (laughs) and, you know, lets you know quietly and in a corner somewhere, (laughs) 
replacing that plank is really easy. We could send you a new one um, and you can replace that plank. I think the the way we do that efficiently is by having five fixed lengths of planks. So we don't have our 14 foot lengths because it would be really hard for us to know what the length of the plank was and really hard for us to have one on hand for you uh, when you want a replacement plank. So we have five fixed lengths and that means that it's really easy for us to ship as well. So we're using nationwide LTL shipping. We can have it delivered directly to your driveway. You know, and you can install it or a professional can install it really at LVP prices. As you mentioned, installation prices for hardwood floors these days can run anywhere from 7 to $10 if you're in Los Angeles, maybe more. But LVP, on the other hand, can go in for 3 to $5 a square foot. So it can cut your, your costs in half by going with us because it's a much simpler install. And that also has to do with reducing the liability of needing to sand and finish in place it's really, since we're pre-finished, sealed on all sides, and installed really easily, the folks who are installing it can get it done faster and move on to other jobs faster as well. There are limited labor resources. Our salespeople are super helpful. So, you know, if you ever have questions, you can reach out to us on our main line. And then we just coordinate the delivery with you to your driveway, really. That's amazing. I know a lot of times what people run into a problem with is that, you have to go to the big box store because, you know, you can't just ship this stuff on a big trailer, truck and trailer directly to the home. And uh, right. so that is that is a nice option because, you know, I've gone through that where I've had to call companies like the one my dad had, you know, similar to his, where it's like, hey, I don't I don't need your installer or anything. I'm just trying to buy this floor direct. And then luckily they were willing to do that, but it had to be shipped to their warehouse. I had to go to their warehouse to pick it up. And, and I like what floor and decor is kind of doing for the industry as far as bringing that direct to consumer more to the forefront. But this this helps even more because it is so much more mom and pop shop style where you know that, you know, it's it's different what you're getting. And then kind of alluding back to what you said with Apple, it looks like the only thing y'all do are these wood floors. Right. So I'm not coming to you and buying carpet, tile you know, anything else. It's like, this is what you're good at and you are focused on it and you're offering it in ways that other people can't because they have their hands in so many pots. That's absolutely right. We have invested an incredible amount of time and energy. For instance, our shop, our wood shop is climate controlled. So that helps us maintain the precision dimensions, you know, and when we ship it to you, it's climate controlled as well. So it maintains quality on the road. So, you know, those are just things that we think are very meaningful in making sure that we're the best at what we do. And we can distinguish ourselves from what is on the shelf at Lowe's. You know, when you go see the skis on the shelf at Lowe's, yeah. you know, when you, when you look down one of our flooring planks, you should see a straight shot into the center of the universe, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so we're really, really proud of what we do. We're really proud of our craftspeople and their commitment to quality. You know, they can feel with their hands when the flooring is out of spec by just a couple thousands. One of our main floor directors, AJ, had this one story where he saw this unique grain pattern in wood, which I'm sure you appreciate. Like sometimes you see a plank that's so different, unique, and he saw it come through the door and he watched it gradually through the process. And then right before it was packed, he actually saw it like one of the people packing set it aside because it was so different looking. 
And he came over and he said, no, <laughs> you will put that plank in the order. And he wrote a handwritten note and put it and said, this is my favorite plank that I've seen in the last few weeks. Please find a special home for it, AJ. And the customer got it and they sent us a note back and said, please tell AJ we found a really special spot in our house for, for that specific plank. And so, you know, that to us is such a heartwarming sort of reaffirmation of what we're doing. It creates value for the supply chain. It creates value for our folks here on the, on the manufacturing floor, but also for the clients who know how committed we are to making something great. And that's, that's what makes us really proud and really hopeful that we can, we can also help other companies who want to start making things, you know, again, and making really great things here in America. So that's, that's one of my goals is to, to tell the story more so that more people get involved uh, in making stuff here. Yeah. I mean, and it's stories like that, that you just can't get with the large corporation, you know, and, and it's yeah. nothing against them because they have their place. My dad would tell people all the time, go to Home Depot, go to Lowe's, wait until they have, you know, if your room is three, 400 square foot, wait till they have 600 square feet of a tile left. And they're trying to just bang it out for, you know, 29 cents a square foot on these 12 by 12 tiles, go buy all that tile and then come to me and I'll send you my installer, you know, and, um, they have their place and there's definitely value there. But you don't get that specialized feeling that you get when you go with someone that is owner, operator, entrepreneur, mom and pop shop, you know, small business, even if they are a little bit larger of that spectrum. Uh, It's just nice to have that personalized touch of like, this is my board. There are many like it, but this one is mine. You know, like this is a unique thing that you're getting here and I want you to appreciate it. And then to have that customer's interaction back, like such a cool story. And uh, I hope, you know, that they just like named it the AJ board and forever think about that. Yeah, I I love that. And I, you know, we also, I mean, it means that we say no a lot. You know, some clients will come to us and say, hey, will you take this board off a barn and turn it into a floor for me? Or if I have a tropical lumber shipped to you, can you make your flooring out of this thing? And even though we understand where they're coming from, we can't. You know, and the the reason is that we know what we're excellent at. And when we get too far from things we know we can be excellent at, we can't stand behind that reputation. And so sometimes, you know, we definitely get into a situation where, I'm sorry, the board that was on the side of the barn is not going to be a great fit for our perfect product. You know, it's probably better to nail that board down, in fact. (laughs) So it hurts to say no, because we want to make everybody happy. But we also, we know that what we're here for is to do a great job. And so we'll only commit to doing things that, that we know are great. Yeah. You know, and then last thing in the podcasting world, this is something that happens where you kind of get off on a tangent and you forget a point you wanted to make prior but you had talked a little bit about husband and wife, you know, working together and um, how some people may see that as difficult. And I, I totally relate to that. You know, my wife and I absolutely enjoy the times where it's like, I can't wait to go to work tomorrow just to get away from you for a little bit. And then as soon as we're done and we get back home, it's like, I'm so glad to see you and I'm so glad that we're back. But we enjoy that time apart sometimes, you know, but to throw a, a real curveball in there after my parents divorced 
several years after. Cause at first, you know, things can be ugly in divorce. And then finally they started to get along again. And it came to a point where my mom was literally divorced from my dad working for my dad in his company. So if people want a dynamic that'll blow their minds, it's like good business people can do business regardless of the circumstances. And it's not for everybody. It is absolutely not for everybody. Some married couples would probably wring each other's necks every single day if they had to work together. But sometimes it is what kind of makes you work a little bit better because it's like, I know you, I trust you, and I know that we're going to get this job done no matter what. Yeah, I, I still don't know how it works totally with Evan, but we do have our different things. You know, I tend to be more sales and marketing focused. I tend to be more business strategy focused and he's obsessed with details, just obsessed. So when it comes to product perfection, like he's, when it comes to chemistry of finishes, if it comes to, you know, what machine is making what mark on what board, he's the one who lay lay awake at night thinking about it. And so, and as our team has grown, it's really fantastic because we've, we used to kind of be antagonistic to each other where sometimes like if a client wanted a custom finish, I would say yes, but Evan would have to be the one to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so it it's easy for you. Like, he'd be like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I feel like we can help this person. And we get in a fight over that. And then, But now since the team's bigger, we're supporting each other a lot more. And so I think the key has always been to negotiate first, to definitely recognize give each other room to grow you know i think neither of us expected in 2018 27 if you found us in 2015 we got married in 2014 right if you had asked us in 2014 if we'd be here today we would have definitely said no (laughs) but if we made a commitment to grow together then then yes you know like then we were sure we would we would sign up to to grow together uh and i think that that has been an upside Every good business needs that yin and yang. You know, if, if y'all both thought on the same level in the same way, no matter which side of the aisle you lean toward when it comes to what y'all currently stand for, it would be a totally different company because you'd either be too caught up in the details to ever get anything out the door, or you'd be so willy nilly that the product wouldn't be good because yeah. it would be like, yeah, there's some good stuff going out, but we're just trying to keep stuff going out. You know, uh, I definitely relate to that where, I see businesses all the time that they have the dreamer who's always trying to do more, more, more and figure it out. And then you've got the guy or the girl that is just so caught up in making it perfect. And it's like, Hey, we have to talk about this and figure out the middle common ground because we need to send out something that's good. Maybe not the absolute 100% best, but it's, it's not only good enough, but a little bit better than good. And then at the same time, we have to send out enough of it to make money. So, you know, it's I'm like, you got to have that one that's chasing We've you. had that conversation so many times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's probably a conversation that happens in the good businesses all across America, you know, and then the, the other ones that are there are the ones that are just too caught up in volume and not worried about quality. And they just want to get sales and get things pushed. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have those ones. And sometimes it works for them that are just hyper focused on something. Everything that goes out is the best. But they're not, in my opinion, probably not making huge, huge money or they are making big money because it costs so freaking much 
that, you know, the average person can't afford it, but it's okay because they're doing that specialized work they want. But I think the best ones are the, the ones right there in the middle, you know, we're, we're dreaming, but we're also doing a quality product. So yeah. Awesome. Well, where can we find you online so that we can look at the different things you have place yeah. an order ourselves. And then if we're not going to, you know, like me, I just moved into my house a year ago. I'm not ready to rip up all that tile that's in there, <laughs> but eventually I will be. And this is an option I would like to look into. So how do I support you now on social media or wherever else you're at YouTube, TikTok, those kind of things. Just give us that elevator pitch of this is where you need to go. Yeah, we, you can find us at floorsbystellar.com. So F-L-O-O-R-S-B-Y-S-T-E-L-L-E-R. Stellar is actually Evan's last name, Stover, with my last name, Teller, mashed together. There you go. So it's actually a misspelling of the word Stellar. So floorsbystellar.com. And we're on YouTube um, under Stellar Floors. And we're also on Instagram. I've been doing a bunch of Instagram demonstrations where I actually chuck a wrench at the floor and then replace that plank, you know, so there's different cool things like underfloor storage that we demonstrate. We've done some epoxy planks. So if your mother-in-law hates your style, you can hide that epoxy plank over Thanksgiving and then she won't see it. (laughs) So there's some definitely like fun social media stuff that we're doing. You know, we love to engage, especially on social media with people who are forward thinking about circular economy, sustainable wood floors and made in America products. So don't hesitate to reach out through Instagram message or on our on our YouTube channel. We're we're excited to grow our community that way. Heck, yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's plenty there for the listeners to go check out and see. I hope that you do get some customers from this. I know that my wife and I will probably be customers at some point. So thank it. you. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of this information with us. I think it was an awesome conversation. And I mean, I'll be honest when you hear, Hey, we're going to do a podcast about floors. A lot of people are probably thinking, well, this is going to be one I'll skip, but yeah. I think this is definitely an episode you can't skip because we got through a lot of really cool concepts and ideas. And I look forward to seeing everything that y'all come out with in the future. Amazing. Thank you so much, John. I Thank you. It. And listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Small Business Origins. Make sure you head over to smallbusinessorigin.com to keep up with all the latest episodes, blog posts, and everything else that we have coming out over there. Please continue to support all these entrepreneurs we have on the show as you do every single week when we release a new episode on Thursdays. You can catch us anywhere you get your podcasts, and we certainly appreciate you liking, sharing, and reviewing every episode. But as always, Stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. You guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it.